So I know we've mentioned in previous episodes that Kate Stoneburner is a musician and a very talented musician and has a has a good ear for music and, and what's good. And so um, today's episode and today's guest of Rhymes with Orange um, uh, has a connection with bluegrass music, but his story isn't about the music. It's it's a, it's a really great story. But before we introduce our guest, I want to ask you, Kate, uh, what do you think of bluegrass music? I know you're not from North Carolina, neither am I. Uh, bluegrass is kind of the, the music, I guess, the genre most closely associated with North Carolina and the Appalachian region. But what are your thoughts on it? I love bluegrass music. I feel like I've always been a sucker for bluegrass music. Yeah. And I think it's because it's so distinctly American, but I also think it's because the kind of the period of American music that I tend to like um, and that I hear a lot of in various organizations in Raleigh is when these classical composers were being really influenced by jazz and bluegrass. And I just think it's great to listen to and try and pick those things out. And then when I moved down here and got to hear actual people who've actually played this stuff for many, many moons, um, it just kind of became even more charming. So I'm excited because I was not here for this interview. And I've heard that there's a surprise at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, our guest is Tyler Jackson. He is a 2018 Campbell University graduate and a uh, former um, adjunct professor of Spanish here. He no longer teaches here, but uh, he um, he came to campus on homecoming, actually, and uh, we interviewed him, or I, I got to interview him. You were not here for it, uh, but I got to interview him and uh, and talk about his story. His story um, has a pretty good connection to bluegrass music because he is in a uh, he is in a bluegrass band they're called drive time and they're based out of roxborough north carolina they play all over the state and i've listened to them and uh it's the real deal he's really good um but his story is actually about uh, a year ago on halloween uh, tyler suffered a brain aneurysm and um it was a life-threatening brain aneurysm and uh, we talk about pretty much the one-year anniversary of this life-changing experience and um, the rehabilitation it took uh, to, you know, to get his muscle memory back and to, to learn a few other things. And then how bluegrass actually helped him in his recovery, not only physically because of the muscle memory, he plays banjo, but also um, because of uh, just how his love of music helped him get through a really difficult time in his life. So um, our guest today is Tyler Jackson, and uh, we will be talking about that. And uh, toward the end, he actually breaks out the banjo and plays a, a nice, you know, um, I put him on the spot. I say, just play what, play whatever you want. And so he gives us about a, a minute long um, uh, display on the banjo, and it's great. But, but uh, you know, I asked at the beginning, what do you think of bluegrass music? Because um, I, was, I wasn't very familiar with it you know, growing up, and uh, it was really when I moved to North Carolina, but it also kind of happened around the time that um, bluegrass was making kind of a, a a comeback, I guess, in pop music, you know, with... Uh, yeah, Monsters um, and the Men and all those guys. Yeah, and uh, not, I mean, the Ava Brothers aren't really bluegrass, but there's, there's some bluegrass, 
you know, sounds and some of their music and the Mumford and Sons is the, is the band I'm thinking of that they yeah. really kind of modernized bluegrass a little bit. And, uh, you know, a band that you and I have talked about, um, or not a band, but, it, uh, um, the Racketeers. no, not the racket. Well, the Racketeers actually. <laughs> yeah. In their, in their last album, they have a, a bluegrass song that ends the album, but no, I was, uh, I was talking about, um, What's the, oh, the Civil Wars. The Civil Wars. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, it's it was actually the Civil Wars. I was I was flipping through um, channels one night and I stopped it on NPR, not NPR, on a uh, PBS because they had this uh, concerts from the cave thing, and it was this concert from one of the caves in Kentucky that they do, <laughs> and and. Uh, <laughs> And it was the Civil Wars, and I had never heard of them before, and um, I was mesmerized for for the for the hour long concert. It was incredible, and I became a huge fan of theirs. and And they also bring some bluegrass into it. But then, you know, all that kind of got me listening to real, you know, true bluegrass music. And uh, NPR um, actually does on Friday. Uh, it might be Friday nights or Saturday nights. Uh, they do like their back porch bluegrass. Um, hour or something and uh and when i'm in the car by myself on those nights i'll i will keep it on there and listen to you know and this is like the sometimes it's like the old 1940s you know scratchy right. record bluegrass music and it's great so um, spoons. yeah yeah but now this is a this was a fun interview and uh um like i said uh he has a really really good story to tell and uh and we're happy to share it. All right, so I'm with Tyler Jackson, 2018 Campbell University graduate, and uh, um, you're with us today because uh, we're coming up on, uh, or maybe we've already passed it, the one-year anniversary of a very significant moment in your life, and. Uh, the story was shared to me by uh, Dr. Tiago Jones here on uh, on campus, and uh, says it was an extraordinary story. Uh, from one uh, from what I understand, uh, about a year ago you suffered a brain aneurysm, and we're going to start there. So, okay. <laughs> so because everything that follows that is is pretty extraordinary. So, Tyler, uh, talk about what happened uh, um, about a year ago today. Okay, yeah, it was almost a year ago. It was Halloween night. Um, so just shy of a year, yeah, about a week or so. Um, I was I was living in Lillington at the time and working at Campbell, teaching low level Spanish, and it was just kind of a normal day. It seemed like uh, friends, uh, my uh, friends were hanging out, and uh, even fraternity brothers that I had known and met here at uh, Campbell. We were. Um, it was just kind of a normal day. In fact, the first time I kind of noticed anything was weird. We were eating uh, lunch at Sports Zone. Um, I just kind of felt off. Uh, I didn't really, nothing came, you know, to be too serious until that night about probably 10 or 11 o'clock. Um, just, uh, just started noticing some things, something didn't quite feel right. Um, I ended up uh, back at uh, my apartment and my friends, uh, Evan Moore and his fiance Ashley, uh, came over. They, I told them something was wrong, and my cousin Hunter was with them. And they're all they're all students at 
at Campbell. Um, they came in and I was laying on the floor. Uh, and when they, when I heard them come in the apartment, the first thing I said was, I'm okay, which was not true. <laughs> I just didn't want the first thing they saw or heard to be me right. you know, on the floor. Right. Um, it was, uh, after a little bit of that, uh, I was getting sick and, uh, just not feeling well. It was not a good time. Ashley, uh, looked at me and said, Todd, I think I'm going to call the ambulance now. And I looked up and said, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting. You said it was it was a progressing ill feeling throughout the day. Right. Um, I don't pretend, nor I will I say I know anything about how brain aneurysms work. But when you hear the stories, you hear them as something being sudden, out of nowhere. Um, but it sounds like this was something that progressed throughout the day. I guess. Yes, and I suppose there were signs, and you know, but um, it was a slow brain bleed. Is what was happening. The aneurysm had ruptured and I just you know didn't know it it wasn't I th- you know it was kind of a progression but then towards that you know nine or ten o'clock point it all uh started progressing very much quickly uh, more quickly than uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the day so had your roommate not come home that day is, is this something you would have eventually called the ambulance yourself or were you in a position where you couldn't do that uh so I've had migraines in the past with similar symptoms like my hands went numb I, you know, uh, getting sick. So I just thought it was something related to that, gotcha. just the worst one. But um, I actually noticed something was weird in my ear. Mm-hmm. And uh, come to find out that's the nerve that was, that lost blood during the hemorrhage. So that's, um, I'm still deaf in that ear. Okay. Um, and I just thought it was, you know, uh, it could have just been like a really bad ear infection or something. Uh, but no, it was a little bit more severe than that. Uh, but I had no way of knowing at the time there was anything like this. Yeah. Um, when we finally called the ambulance, um, actually another fraternity brother of mine was the one driving it, which was a bit of comfort. It, a friend of mine was the one driving the ambulance. That was nice. Um, uh, that is nice. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good to see a familiar face. Yeah. Uh, my friend Camden. So, uh, I, was, I really appreciate him helping me out that night. Um. I don't know if you want to edit me uh, stumbling over his no, name. No, no, it's okay. Little was his name. I uh, really appreciate him. And when I got, they took me to the hospital in Wellington. I, uh, I, that's the last thing I remember from that night. I got into the hospital and I blacked out. Yeah. Apparently, I was having a seizure. Um, I woke up three days later in Chapel Hill at uh, the hospital. Wow. Um, and I think a lot of this story, and I guess the, other than that uh, night, the majority of the dramatic parts, I slept through, <laughs> right. um, um, which, uh, a lot of this, from this point of the story has been told to me. Um, but this, I had surgery, I think two days later on November 2nd, her name was Dr. Sasaki Adams and she absolutely saved my life. The first thing they tried was to put a get the name. I'm gonna get the name of the procedure wrong. So grab back up my But it's a. Uh, they tried to do a non-surgical um, procedure okay. to get rid of it, and they said it was just way too big. I went. They wouldn't do anything but just rattle, rattle around in there and just make things worse. Yeah. So they finally had to do uh, surgery, and I think the surgery took five hours. Mm. Um, 
which I slept through that. Yeah, yeah, um, but but your family and your friends. It was quite a traumatic experience for them as well. And, right. Um, one of the. Uh, so if it had been up to me, no one really would have known what was happening. But I'm very thankful that it was not up to me. Yeah. My parents had been keeping all my friends informed. Uh, a massive prayer request was out. When I say massive, um, it was put out to the whole bluegrass community. Right. I, I play bluegrass. I'm in bluegrass band. I've grown up around the music. That whole community and thousands of people I have never met and have not met to this day, but they know me from this and they were praying for me and just the massive amount of support we had over those three or four days yeah. that I do not remember um, that I'm being told about was, it was just amazing. It was an incredible thing to wake up to. So that's, you mentioned it and uh, that's the other, I think really intriguing part of the story is, um, and we're going to go back in time a little bit. You are a, you are a bluegrass musician. You play um, banjo. Yes. Uh, what, what else do you? Uh, I, I dabble in other things. I, I play guitar and bass, you know, in the bluegrass style of, yeah. a little bit, but the banjo is definitely my main instrument. And so this this brain aneurysm that you suffered um, really affected your skills, your your muscle skills, your cognitive skills, your um, your ability to probably. You said you're deaf in one ear. I'm, you know that. Probably it's not a good thing for musicians. No, no, it's definitely not. Um, it's, uh, and that was the hardest thing to adjust to. As far as like the dexterity and strength in my hands, that came back. Yeah. Um, now I'm a little uh, rusty just from being out of practice, but gotcha. from what I can tell, nothing is, nothing of that has hindered me other than the deafness in my ear. Okay. And that, you know, I would normally turn my head to the left and listen to my instrument while I was playing. I kind of had to learn to... Yeah. Turn it the other way to put the other ear um, to the instrument. But when we're on stage, we use monitors that go in our ear. So I've just had to switch it to the other ear. Okay. And but uh, other than that, it's you know I can still play and I can still do what I love doing, and I'm very thankful and blessed for that. Well, let's go back to before all this then um, bluegrass music. When when did uh, when did the love of of this um, this kind of music. I mean, usually, uh, you're not from the western part of the state, are, are you? No, I'm so, from uh, <laughs> north of Durham. Okay. Roxborough. <laughs> so, um, you know, bluegrass, I wouldn't say, is, is uh, it's extremely popular, but for younger people, it's probably not the, the music everybody turns to. Right. What, uh, what, what attracted you to it, and, and what, uh, what led you to start playing it? So, I started going to festivals with my parents when I was three years old mm -hmm. um, and just kind of grew up going, but uh, it was not, they don't play. It was not anything they did before that. Um, but I grew up going to these festivals and grew up around the music and just developed a love and desire to play it uh, through that. And to this day, some of my best friends and actually my fiance, I met through music. Okay. Um, so it's always been a major part of my life. And so when did you first pick up the banjo? I got serious about it when I was 12, I believe. So um, 13 years ago. My favorite comedian in the world is Steve Martin. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, part of his, his uh, 
one of his bits growing up when when I was growing up watching him was he would bring a banjo on stage and yeah, he would use it as a comedic prop usually but then now you know he's uh oh what's the name of the band Steep Canyon Rangers yeah Steep Canyon Rangers and he's me and them had the same uh, banjo uh, teacher music teacher really yeah his name is Joe Snipes okay we learned from the same same guy so I I know a few well, what's he say what's he say tell you about Steve then uh well um I don't know that he's got to meet Steve but yeah. I have a friend of mine's uh, other friends of mine have met uh, Steve. And they have pictures with him. They and they say he's he's, uh, he's about like you would expect. You know, he's a very nice guy, but definitely a comedian. But he's the real deal, though. Yeah, like he can as a musician, play. yeah, you know, he he is a. Even though it is part of his comedy act, he can play. The, he is a musician, right? So, um, so you're uh, you're in this band called Drive Time, and you say so after after this happens, you say the entire community and i guess this was maybe for through social media posts from some of your bandmates or or whatever it was through social media it was through a uh out uh, there's a uh, magazine or i guess they they post mostly articles online now but it's called bluegrass today and they even did an article about everything when it happened so uh people all from all over the country knew what was happening yeah and you said that their support was very helpful for you um, did music play any kind of role in your rehabilitation or in your, um, even whether you say the muscle memory really didn't go away, but even just, uh, overcoming this and, and finding something you love to, to get back some sort of normalcy, uh, what role did music play? Yeah, it, played, it definitely played a major role. It was definitely a morale booster. Um, I didn't hear the story until last week my dad was telling a story about how the first time he heard me play an instrument when I got back from the hospital, uh, I didn't know he was listening. He was outside our room. I had the door closed. And I was just playing, just wanted to finally pick it up again. This was like a month and a half after everything happened. It was the first time I really got to play an instrument. He said it was that moment he knew I was going to be okay because I still had the music. Okay. So not just for me, but my family, it played a major role. Good, good. And uh, like I said at the beginning of this interview, we're coming up on one, you know, one year of when this happened. Um, is that a significant date for you, or is this something that you maybe don't want to? Even though I'm, I'm smashing you over the head with no, it right no, now. I, I <laughs> is it? Is it? Uh, is this a significant milestone for you? It is. Um, and it's kind of weird that it happened on like. Uh, a holiday Halloween, you know, uh, so it's not going, it's not like I could forget that date. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I definitely plan on spending it this year with my, uh, my mom and dad, friend, family, and my fiance. It's kind of, I kind of just set aside that day, not necessarily for Halloween things, but to do things with them. Right. Um, so it, it is significant and, uh, and, you know, kind of been watching it come up, you know, as the year's gone on, but, I'm very thankful to still be. Still I've be I've spoken to people that have gone through similar experiences. Um, some are you know you call them near death experiences or, or really, um, or, or really serious medical issues, and they come out on the other side of it, uh, a changed person in some way. Uh, how did this experience change you? Um. Well, um, it definitely gives me a new uh, perspective. On, on things because you never know what's going to happen um, and 
makes me think there's no point in wasting time um, in doing things that, uh, you know, and sitting around when you know you should be doing something. Or, uh, I guess the best example I can think of not wasting time was I used to not know if I would ever, you know, get married or anything like that. Um, but I, I met a uh, wonderful girl. She was a big help throughout the recovery. And I knew within months of dating that I, I you know, wanted to marry her. So uh, I decided that if I learned nothing else from that experience is that I shouldn't be wasting time when I'm sure about something. Well, that's, a, that's a really good lesson to... Uh to take from it. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much. Before we go, you brought your instrument today because we're also taking photos. Would it be too much of me to ask for you to, to play us out with maybe a, a short song? <laughs> or is that... All right. Because this is a uh, this is an, an audio medium and I don't get this opportunity a whole lot to uh, to ask people to, to do what they do for it. So... <laughs> I don't know how the sound's going to be. It's a, well, it's, it's it's a not, pretty good mic, but... <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a good mic. This is not the... This instrument is not the friend to many microphones. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so All right, I'll, t I'll turn the levels down when you get started. It might though, be but... <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> so I'm looking at your banjo here, and uh, I, I don't know a whole lot about the banjo. Is it a um, five-string instrument? It is. Okay. Uh, most Well, there are variations of it. There are four-string banjos. And, yeah. Uh, which when this banjo was originally made many years ago, it had four strings and then it was converted uh, and put a five-string neck on. The four-string necks are a lot shorter. Yeah. Um, but I, this one was converted to have five strings. I've said this a few times on this podcast, and uh, I have actually have it behind me, but one of the things during the pandemic that I wanted to do was learn an instrument. And so I picked the absolute easiest instrument one could learn, and that was a four-string ukulele. Um, I have done really well in learning a bunch of chords with it, but you're about to do something that I cannot do, and that is pick, so. such a beautiful instrument it really is i could sit and listen to someone pick a banjo all day <laughs> tyler jackson thank you so much this was uh this was, was really fun to uh to hear that but also uh, inspiring to to hear your story whether you whether you like it or not uh it it, it inspires people who who have gone through similar things and and uh um I'm happy to share and uh, we're glad you're here to, to talk about it today so thank you so much yes sir